Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. A Thursday upon us and looking at the markets, the beans. They're what everybody is talking about and looking at from the market trade. You know, interesting picture for them as we've seen such a roller coaster all week in the trade. And we're going to kind of take a look at a variety of different levels that are out there. We know that South America has definitely been back in the weather talk. Export numbers, it's been forever i think since we've seen an early morning export report add to that we're gonna look at inputs of corn versus planting those soybeans this growing season heather ramsey joins us today with the arc group so heather we got to start out it's been a wild ride for these soybeans <laughs> it really has um today was no different you know, we actually see new crop Nove 21 soybeans closing um about a dime off of their high during the trade still up around six cents, but a dime lower than the high we saw. Um, if you look at old crop beans, only closing up a couple pennies on the old crop market, um, which is about 20 plus cents off of where their high was today. So a lot of volatility in today's trade. Um, feels like the last couple weeks, we actually saw a little bit of a, of a quieting, uh, maybe the last four to five trading days, just a little bit quieter market than what we'd kind of become accustomed to, um, sort of switching some of our focus out of old crop into new crop is what it has felt like. And then you have a kind of a wild day today and you're like, oh, hey, maybe we're not done with this thing. So um, an interesting day session, that's for sure. There's a lot of what ifs out there and and I think the market's just a little bit unsure of how hard to grasp on to these scenarios. And that's probably why we're some of the lack of closing at highs um, that we've seen here in the last couple weeks, really. So does that give you any hint as to what we might see when the overnight trade picks up tonight? Um, you know, I, I really feel like trying to outguess it right now in anyone's favor, you know, Let's talk a year ago, if we'd have done this and had a lackluster close, I'd have said, yeah, we might, you know, we might see some downside correction here on the overnights. But with the market the way that this is right now, I think it's um, it's too unpredictable. Um, we come in one day and we put in a positive gain. We come in the very next day and we take it all away. So uh, it just kind of depends on where the fund movement and activity is is going to be directed. Um, that's the bigger question. I need we we need to know what the funds are thinking, Susan, and then I think we could have a better idea right now. So you so you say that, and we look at this this demand for the new crop, and we've seen. I mean, the new crop months have risen, and as you and I talked beforehand, there's been so much talk and push of rationing. Does that mean that maybe mm-hmm. somebody's looking at hey, let's let's make some better profits and and make them think maybe more beans need to go on the ground because of it? Yeah, you know, as much as I definitely think these market prices have bought bean acres in the U.S., to me, I keep hearing, to your point, we keep hearing all this, we're supposed to be rationing demand with prices the way they are, and we haven't really seen that at all. The world is hungry for beans, and they're going to continue to be hungry for beans. And on a global standpoint, we need to incentivize bigger global production everywhere, Um, you know, not just Brazil, not just the U.S., we kind of need everyone to move bean production um, up to a new level. And so um, what I feel like has happened in the last week is we've gone from trying to figure out, you know, how do we ration demand in the old crop and seeing that that's not happening at all to saying, okay, well, then 
maybe we should put some money into these new crop boards. You know, maybe we should move the flow of money so that we incentivize people to keep planting beans um, into it at least another year's picture, try to grow more beans. And you've seen that with the market performance. We've actually seen bigger upward moves week over week in the new crop board than we have the old crop board. And so you're seeing those values reflect. That should encourage more bean production. Um, I have a lot of debates um, with my current clients to say, are you going to plant more beans? Ah, you know what? Corn's pretty profitable again. I think I'm going to stick with corn on this. And um, so there's been a lot of um, initial knee-jerk reaction to say we're going to plant more beans. So now maybe we switch back to saying, well, there's definitely some fields I prefer corn on. Um, and now the market is looking, coming back around to say, well, if you pencil the numbers today um, with where the cost of bean production is versus what we can sell it at, cost of corn production versus what you can sell it at, um, I think there's still a little bit of an incentive um, as far as net pricing goes in corn, but that is getting smaller as we see the cost of fertilizer really ratchet through the roof here um, in the last few weeks to a month. And so that gap is narrowing up again where you're looking at a bean side of the equation that cost intensive to put in the ground. It typically is, but it's definitely gaining momentum um, with this fertilizer price ratcheting up. And so you're seeing a little bit of that reconsideration. And if there's something that wasn't fertilized this fall, uh, it's making a stronger case to continue to not fertilize it and grow soybeans on it. So um, I think the market is reflecting that as well to try and incentivize these guys to, you know, don't change your mind, keep these in soybeans because we're going to need them for this next year. And obviously that means really putting some pencil to paper to, to figure out what is yeah. going to be the best for your operation and having conversations like that with you to know what direction is a good move. Yeah. And the day we make those decisions where we pencil that out and the client says, okay, this is what I'm going to do. Part of guaranteeing that that's a good decision is going out and protecting the values we have out there in the market today. Um, last thing you want to do is say, yeah, I'm going to grow beans, and then you don't do any protecting, and the market turns around on you. That'd be a, a really awful situation to be in. So part of this discussion is not only, you know, what is the cost and what is the current market outlook and current market price on it, but then how do we protect that so that if anything changes, it's changing to the better, and we're able to take advantage of it on the marketing side instead of having to have that discussion. Well, yeah, you know, when we talked about that back in March, it definitely penciled, but the market's changed, and now it doesn't. Stick around, folks. We've got more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation with Heather Ramsey. She is with the ARC Group. So as we were heading to break, we were kind of talking about what was going on when it came to rationing demand for beans, planting corn versus beans. But interesting conversation we had during the break was the veggies. These oils are really seem to have everybody else by a leash, and they're dragging them along. Yes, um, we've had significant um, price increases in all of the veggie oil markets, and a lot of that is more pertinent to um, the Asian markets where we talk about like palm oil is a big, huge, important commodity. And so to the backstop, if you're short palm oil, is we got to go back and find what's our next food oil that we can look at or even industrial oil. And soy oil fits that bill really, really easily. 
And so if the veggie oil market's through the roof and soy oil definitely correlates into that market, then we're going to see soy oil take off, which means soybean meal probably takes off as well as its counterpart, which what has to happen for that? Well, soybeans probably follow along as well. And so we've seen a lot of that actually in the last couple weeks where we've switched away from our, our soybean market just getting driven up because export numbers and export sales are huge. We're actually seeing that secondary soybean market, the oil and the meal, driving soybean pricing momentum as well. Um, so I think that's one of the markets that a lot of our clients, a lot of our farmers aren't super familiar with. Um, the soy oil industry in the U.S. kind of, I don't know, maybe it's sort of like the, you know, the, sibling that nobody wants to talk about, right? <laughs> but in other parts of the world, soy oil is a huge deal. And it's their backup commodity when, you know, Asian veggie oils are at a, a lower supply. And so we're seeing that happen um, with veggie oil values going through the roof. Soy oil is doing that in turn and bumping our soybean um, price as well. Um, and exports, uh, you know, just being export sales recently for us have been a little bit um, lackluster and so we need something else to support this price and veggie oils have been able to help do that so um, you know, we'll see that market is a little bit harder to gauge in my opinion for me anyways it's not something to follow super close um, supply issues though and um, good solid demand is out there for veggie oils so we'll have to see how much uh, soy oil U.S. and South American soy oil can supplement into those markets. Is it us having to train ourselves a little bit to to recognize the importance that the oils play in the market? Like you said, it takes a back seat here in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. For so long, it's like, what do you do with soybeans? Oh, you process it into meal and you feed it to livestock. Well, that's one piece of it. But the more consistent usage is in the soy oil market now, and it's overseas. And so that is something, kind of a retraining of our of our opinions around soybeans and soybean products, for sure. Well, it has been a, a dry run when it comes to export number announcements every morning. I think you and I were talking, it was like spent about three weeks in Japan was the last one that made mm-hmm. any sort of purchase. So having said that, shouldn't we be used to this this time of the year when folks kind of make that change to South America? Yeah, it's definitely not unexpected for where South America is at um, as far as their production and harvest goes. You know, we expect China to be switching to buying Brazilian beans. We're still going to see, you know, bumps in soybean prices when China comes in and buys big numbers in Brazil because it is a global market. And, um, you know, the more supply they buy up, that takes supply off the market. And that does include, you know, obviously that Brazilian or that South American crop does play into that. So, I'm not surprised to see them switching. Um, what will be more important for us going forward is the actual shipments um, that are happening. If shipments continue to be um, productive and we keep seeing beans leave the country and corn leave the country, then it's, you know, them buying somewhere else is, is not really an issue. The bigger question becomes, are they buying somewhere else and canceling purchases from the U.S.? I tend to believe that's not going to be a huge deal this year is just my gut reaction to it because they're rebuilding their hog, um, their hog population over there and they've made huge increases to those hog numbers here as of late. Um, so I, I, you know, 
shipments is really important as well. So no huge concerns out there at this point, no huge concerns that they are buying from Brazil. You know, we expect that. The bigger question is how short is the Brazilian and the Argentinian crop? And at some point, will they have to switch back to buying U.S. beans sooner than what they normally do? And that would be, you know, late summer uh, into early fall that they'd be looking for um, replacement beans from the U.S. So we're in a little bit of a transition period here, yes, to answer that, that question. Lots of great things we talked about today. Heather, best way for folks to get a hold of you? Um, you can check us out online at agrisconsulting.net or give us a call um, in the office here and ask for any one of us. There's several of us here serving this area, and we're more than happy to answer questions and, and help out when we can. All right, that's the Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell, Fontenelle Hybrids, and all the local dealers here on the Rural Radio Network.